0: the Paint Rest Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and
1: Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy.
0: We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Today, Laura and I are going to be chatting about how to know or how to tell if you're an artist because this is a theme that comes up often and we often talk to people about this very topic so we thought we'd sort of unpack it and just chat a little bit about it
1: yeah and it's also the confidence piece like how to build that confidence to call yourself an artist claim that title and like all the different variations of like how you perceive artists and how other people perceive the title as an artist and yeah, I think it's just going to be interesting like chat between us today. Yeah, definitely. And I
0: always feel like when this topic comes up, the person that first comes to mind is my beautiful dear mum, who doesn't listen to the podcast, although I might point her in this direction um, sometime. She is an artist. So she has studied fine arts at uni. She did a master's and all of that. And by nature, she is just, she's an artist through and through, but she will not claim the title. I was thinking about her last night, actually, as I was painting and I was thinking, actually, you know what, out of all the things that I try to do um, in my art business and in my life, one of my key goals should be to help her to find that, what's the word, that find that Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Like almost like claim that title.
0: Claim that title, but not in a shallow, not in a shallow way. But real, like almost to find herself, which I know it sounds a bit, you know, interesting for an older person. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, what are your thoughts around that? You know, people who have studied fine arts, you know, it's like so many of us don't, don't call ourselves artists because we haven't studied fine arts. Yet there are still people who have studied fine arts.
1: And won't take that title. Yeah. I know a prolific artist that still struggles with the title of calling themselves an artist. And they are incredible. They've had multiple shows. Their work is incredible. They are super, super talented. Yet that insecurity or the thoughts around how people perceive you as like an artist. And those sort of societal beliefs and, you know, sort of projections that get placed on you as a creative person. And yeah, it's just so interesting. Some people struggle with claiming that title, and then some people totally embrace it. And I think some people only believe that you can call yourself an artist if you're actively making work and you're making art all the time as well. But that's not really the case, I don't think. I think you're just. I think we're all creative people. I think everyone is creative, but yeah, it's just whether, yeah, you have the confidence or not. I think we probably need to like dig in around that confidence piece and like maybe why people struggle to call themselves an artist.
0: So I didn't study fine arts at uni. I did go to the College of Fine Arts here and I studied design rather than fine arts. I feel like I have to say that before having this conversation. The stories I hear from people who have, or many people who have done the fine arts degree or masters or whatever it is, is that I feel like it's around intimidation, you know, so they, and and all the critiquing work that happens in uni and I haven't been through it, but I get the idea that it's so harsh that it sort of scares people off. It almost scares them away from the process of, you know, finding their voice as an individual artist. And it just...
1: I'm nodding along because I have trained in visual arts. So I did, I did it at TAFE. I did two year diploma in visual arts. Then I went on, I studied design, but I also took electives in printmaking. So I was in the fine art arena. So that was another three years at university at the Queensland College of Art. I've never, I can totally relate with what you were talking about, Roz, around the critiques and how your confidence in your creative practice and your art, it can be beaten down when it's being assessed. And, you know, you can have all these questions around whether the art that you're creating is valuable and whether it's worthy of hanging in galleries and all that sort of stuff. But I think because for me, I think because I Studied at university, I never really had an issue with calling myself an artist. Oh, that's interesting. But then some people do. Yeah, and some people do. I feel like they can be two different things. So for me, it's more like the confidence around the work that I'm creating and the self belief in the work that I'm producing that I took a beating (laughs) through art school because it, it is just so harsh. And those voices just remained with me for a lot of the, my career, and it's only just recently the last three years that I've got back into painting and sort of developed my style in abstract art and followed that path and had my two solo exhibitions. I think that confidence in my art has increased.
0: It's almost like you have to prove it to yourself, mm-hmm. not to anyone else, but just prove it to yourself. Apply yourself, you know, to your own practice put together a body of work, put on a show and just prove to yourself that not just you can do this, but this is who you are.
1: Yeah. And so the title of artist for you... How does that sit on you, Roz? Like, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, so it's a really interesting one for me. So I have a lot of thoughts around it. So I, whilst I, I went to uni and I did the whole creativity thing and I did a lot of art uh, at high school as well, I did three-unit art and all of that, which is I think only relevant for people listening in New South Wales, Australia. Yeah, so I am confident in calling myself an artist, but I would say I'm largely self-taught. And sometimes I wonder, like, especially in the context of my mum, why I'm so confident in calling myself an artist when she's studying and she can't take that title. So I'm like, I'm just so different. (laughs) I'm born so different. That might be why I have a deep understanding of what it is to be an artist and that it's more to do with a personality thing, a passion thing, the fact that you notice beauty, wherever you are and all you can see is color combinations and curves of leaves for me. I'm, you know, I'm always thinking botanically. That's how my brain is. Yeah. I think it's more like a way of being or a way of viewing
1: the world. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like, I feel like, yeah, it is like the lens that you see the world through. And yeah, being creative in that way is, I mean, I'm always taking photos of textures on walls and the colour combinations, like you were saying, and autumn leaves and like, yeah, just soaking that all up. Like, I think that that is a way of being and it is, there is a creative lifestyle aspect to it as well. Like, you know, building that creative community and going to galleries and like doing all those things like that all comes as a part of the parcel of living a creative lifestyle and and being an artist. So I wonder if people are struggling like they are self-taught, maybe they're in the closet a little bit, maybe they don't really talk about their art's practice with their friends and family because they're a little bit worried like what they'd think of them and they're not like stepping into that title of an artist and maybe they're not there's, you know, those forms that you have to fill in and you write your career, like your what you do as an occupation. I had to do that yeah. the other day. <laughs> Maybe they shy away from writing artists on their occupation because they don't think it's a legitimate career. I wonder like what tips we'd have for them or like how they could step into that confidence piece around calling themselves an artist more. This podcast episode is sponsored by Laura's Creative Kickstart Coaching Sessions, designed for aspiring artists seeking motivation and support to turn their creative dreams into reality. Go to www.laurajaneday.com slash work with me to find out more.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think actually before calling yourself an artist publicly comes the realisation that you are an artist. I think that's the first first part is that realisation. Just I think it's the awareness around what brings you joy, you know, and how you want to spend your time. And importantly, yeah, it's how you want to spend your time. So it's not if you're making art every single day and, you know, popping out. I mean, mean, my art practice is, (laughs) I paint often, but I'm not painting as much as I want to paint, but I'm still, I still am an artist because it's like, it's in me, you know? Yeah. You might not be painting every day and all of that, but if that's who you are, like it's around knowing who you are and what brings you that joy.
1: Yeah. A lot of it's around that inner validation. Isn't it? Because there could be people that are creating every single day, but they just don't have that inner validation of, yeah, I am a creative person and I see the world this way. And I'm doing all these things and engaged in all of these projects. And, you know, they, they have that burning desire to like step into that. But it, it it just is around I feel like it's a lot of mindset work and personal development and yeah, really looking at what brings value to your life and what you enjoy. And if it is creative things, and if it is like that you want to embrace that, then yeah, just sort of doing that inner work around that validation.
0: And maybe also, oh, without sounding too heavy, maybe also your calling or like your role in this world, you know, like if you are a you know, visual and creative human. Is it perhaps part of your journey here and your purpose here to share that with others and help them to pay attention to the beauty that's around them? Like, I think there's, sometimes we have to look outside of ourselves as well to realise who we are. That sounds deep. That's really deep, Laura. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. How, like how others see you as well? Like, is that around that piece or? What can you bring to other people? Like sometimes
0: claiming that artist title, perhaps sometimes that, you know, claiming the title is actually, what's the word? Giving back, like giving back to the world and helping them to see the beauty in front of them through your art. And also, you know, even just modeling that confidence. So if you can call yourself an artist and take that step into you know, who you are as a character, you're modeling for other people as well, how we can be ourselves and we can also be whoever we want to be. Like our time here is our, is our time, you know, so like own it and
1: be proud. Yeah, definitely. So what you were saying was, uh, it's almost like artists are reflectors out into the world. So we we create and it's almost like we're showing like how we see the world through the work that we create. And then that's how like that's part of that conversation with like the broader community and the, and the people in our lives.
0: Yeah, and part of our purpose perhaps. It actually makes me think of the artist Georgia O'Keeffe And how she used to paint really, really like close-ups of florals because she really wanted people to pay attention to that beauty and to stop from all the, you know, stop amongst all the crazy business, busyness of the world and just take a moment to appreciate that. You know, I think if we, yeah, I don't know, like by by claiming your artist career and by realizing that's who you are. You can have that impact, and you can have more of an impact, actually, I think if you can be a little bit a little bit i don't want to say loud but a little bit more <laughs> confident, even in saying quietly that you're an artist, you know you're you're inviting other people to see the world differently with you
1: say I'm thinking about the stories that we get when we're growing up, and say we're a little artist, like a little creative being, and we're in school and Maybe stories that we've heard from teachers, from peers, from parents, and all of those little things that we've absorbed along the way that builds our picture of what it is to be an artist and whether those responses when you're creating your little artwork in your schoolroom and your teacher comments on your work, like whether that was validating or whether it was actually like damaging and it was like something negative and you sort of picked up those stories. So do you think that that plays into our perception of being an artist? 100%. And you know what? I used to be
0: a primary teacher. So I know a lot about that scene and I have really strong opinions. <laughs> on art in primary schools and secondary schools too, but I've got more experience in the primary space. And just, I don't know, sorry teachers, but if you're a teacher teaching art and just in a primary setting, so you're not an art specialist and you're teaching a general art lesson in a primary setting, I don't think you should be going around and saying whether something is good or bad, whether you like it, it is irrelevant. And even in my teaching, when I work with children, I'm always zipping it. I have my opinions, sure, but my opinions are irrelevant. What matters is that the kids are tuning in to what they like, what they enjoy, and they're learning different things, asking themselves, oh, I'd like to do that. How do I do that? Let's give it a try sort of thing. It's a very different teaching space to English and maths, you know, like very, it's a lot more complex, actually, I think, on a psychological level side, but also in terms of nurturing these beautiful creatives. Because it there's no right or wrong. No. And even as adult artists, it's the same thing. There's no right or wrong. But I mean, if you're going to if you're going to get anywhere near saying there's a right or wrong, it's right or wrong based on your heart as an individual artist.
1: And I think those stories like come back to us when we're in our practice and you analyze your work and you like you'd title it as good art or bad art, but I don't think that that comes into play because it's all about like that experiential effect and like how it makes us feel. And I think as
0: an adult, you know, you can can think back through that, right? You can say, oh, and (laughs) I still have mum stories. Oh my goodness. I just have more mum stories about critiquing my work as a kid. But yeah, you think back to those stories and you think, Now you can go, oh, well, that was just her opinion. She might have had a bad day or whatever it is. You know, like you can make sense of it now. Even though those voices pop up, you can try to make sense of it and then stop them mucking with your, you know, progress or your art practice. But as a kid, you don't have that ability necessarily and then it can stop you in your tracks from your, you know, your trajectory. Is that the right word?
1: Yeah, yeah, the trajectory of your career. Thank you. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, for me, like I was rewarded and validated as a creative person when I was young, so then that helped form my self-opinion and and like desire to pursue it because I'm like, oh, okay, I've been told that I'm good at this, but it still didn't make me feel like my work was good enough. But then I think that was a lot around like all of my self-confidence just in in general in growing up as well. Yeah. So I think, I mean, if we were going to offer some suggestions or advice to listeners, if they are in that place where they're they're not fully claiming the artist title, but they really want to, and they, they see other people do it and they're like, oh, how is that so easy for them? I think it would be around like looking into those stories and different things that you picked up when you were younger and doing a bit of inner work and just being like, oh, okay, like reflecting on those pieces. And what would you suggest, Roz?
0: In addition to that, I was thinking about stepping outside of yourself and asking yourself how you define an artist. So if somebody else was an artist, what makes them an artist? And just, yeah, just unpacking it. And is it because they make art every day? Is it because they sell their art? Is it because all they do is art and they don't have a day job, another day job, I should say? Is it, because, is it why, why are they allowed to call themselves an artist um, by your standards, but you're not allowed to call yourself an artist?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Definitely, that's good That's good things to sort of ponder, isn't it?
0: And I mean, I catch myself asking myself that stuff as well. It's just, it's a bit of a loop, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. (laughs) Round and round we go. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) I feel like this whole art journey is like a deep dive into uh, personal growth and really like looking at those little hidden things.
0: (laughs) It's such a great thing because I was telling you this story before we were recording about a recent exhibition I was in, or I am in as we speak. And how turning up to that opening night, I saw my art on the walls amongst everyone else's. And I, all the imposter syndrome came in, the confidence was feeling really low. I, I went into that gallery feeling confident and I walked out feeling rubbish. It's interesting. So, when you talk about the self development journey, it's not like, oh, my confidence is low. Let's work on that. Working, working, working on that tick. Worked on that confidence sorted
1: forevermore. It's not like that. No, because there's always going to be like triggers along the way that sort of slip you up. Hey, can I ask about that though? So, that recent experience, how does that compare to how you felt in the art to art show when you had your piece chosen to exhibit and you were finalist in the art to art prize? Like, was there a difference? Very
0: good point. I was much more confident in the art to art prize. And I think that's because I was selected. Whereas the local exhibition that I was talking about, anyone who is a paying member can participate. So it's almost like I had my validation. It's, I, I feel a little bit silly saying that word, but I had my validation prior to the art to art prize. I think that might be why. Thanks. Good question.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was just wondering. And I was wondering also if it was just like the community that you're a part of. In like, I feel like they would have, they'd be different. Like, your local art society might be different to the community of artists that has been like curated with art to art. And yeah, just like where you place yourself. Like, I feel like that would come into play and different feelings around that.
0: Yeah, very different. I think that's a good point. I felt much more at home in that art-to-art sort of artist painterly, that sort of space, you know, and pushing the boundaries a bit. Like I almost felt, you know what, I felt like my art was out of place in the local exhibition. And I think it's not to do with my art not being good enough, but it's rather it's not the right fit.
1: That's so interesting. So, I mean, that's a little nugget of advice as well. It's just like, where does your art fit? Where do you feel most comfortable? You know, I think that that is like valid things to look at and sort of consider when you're putting your art out into the world because it is so vulnerable. Like, you create mostly in isolation at home and you create this piece that you're pouring your heart and soul into. And then you know when we put it out into the world that can be very triggering and that that can be quite scary for some people i think you know the confidence builds the more and more you do it though i think so
0: and the and and i think as you're saying as well the you weren't saying relationships you were sort of more talking about being in amongst the right community like the right scene the right context but i think relationships make a big difference as well, you know. So if you're popping your art into a local, like if I did a show with you, for example, Laura, actually almost, sorry, I would do my best art for you, Laura, but <laughs> it wouldn't be about the art. It's about doing something together, doing what we love, inviting other people into that, our little art world, you know, like it's more than just the art. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm a little bit everywhere with my thoughts today. <laughs>
1: No, that's all right. This is all really good. As you were talking, I was thinking about my two solo shows that I organized independently, and like I felt so great doing that because I I organized it. I invited people from my networks. I invited people from my Instagram, and it was like a beautiful, like supporting, nurturing space. I had full creative control. There was no other agendas, and it was just. A project for me that I was able to work towards and develop a new body of work for. And yeah, it was just that. And I mean, the art space that I showed in, it was all like about community support. So it was at a local hotel that opens up their calendar to artists to hang art on their walls. And it's their way to give back to the community. They don't charge commission, they don't charge a fee. And it's just, you know, artist organized. So
0: you feel supported. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's a key part as
1: well. Oh my gosh, we've hit like the jackpot here. If you're supported in your art practice, then that will create like a nurturing space for you to like develop that confidence. That's all like just in general for childhood development, isn't it? It's just, you know, having that support, like being present and, you know, really... Available. So I wonder if, you know, building those networks and building those connections and not doing it on your own. Mm,
0: I think that's important. And I think, you know, coming back to the topic of your yeah, confidence, like working on your confidence and going, yep, tips, got that sorted. <laughs> the fact that that doesn't exist as well, having that network. So, or maybe not even a network, you could just have one or two, you know, art buddies like we have each other so that you can talk to that person and they can help you through those times, or you can have communities as well that you can lean on to help you through those times, because it goes around. It's not just you. You're not the only one that goes through this. We all do. And it's, yeah, it's really nice to have people around you that can support you on the journey because you can't give up because you can't give up just because you're having, you know, a bad week or something like that. That's, that's not, if you're an artist, by nature that's who you are and you're going to you know push through.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. I think this is an awesome conversation. Do you feel like you've got anything to add or do you think we've sort of covered most of the topic today?
0: I think we've covered a lot of it. I feel like we could unpack a few extra things in future episodes, you know. I think yeah, I think that's quite a bit here actually. So listeners, if you found any particular part of the conversation interesting and you'd like us to explore any little slice of it in more detail, definitely send us a message or comment below if you're watching this as a YouTube video, because we love to be responsive to you and to support and nurture you. So definitely let us know.
1: And we'd love for you to help us grow the YouTube channel as well. So if you could like and subscribe and watch the videos to the end, that's really going to help us to grow our channel. So that would be awesome.
0: Yay. Yay. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back again in two weeks time. We've always got lots of exciting topics planned, um, but we also love to hear from you. So yeah, don't remember, don't forget, don't remember (laughs) to reach out. Don't forget to reach out, (laughs) chat to you all soon.
1: Bye.